Empowering listeners from the US to the UK. Live on air with Stephen Cuoco. I'm going to be talking about surrendering. I bet all of you know it well. It's something we're constantly learning every day. It's about surrendering. Whether it's coming to the fact and understanding that we may not have control over everything in our life. There are things that are going to happen and it's imperative that we adjust accordingly for our own emotional and mental well-being of what that means for our sanity, how we take care of ourselves, how we eat, what we drink, what we do, how well we have the mindset and the emotional mental capability to forge through life's difficulties. Why this is so fresh and why I'm touching on this subject now is in this week, most recently, I had the incredible interview of someone who offered me an opportunity to take my radio show to a whole other level. (laughs) I was beyond cloud nine. I was feeling the effects of gratitude, excitement, fulfillment. I was feeling accomplished. I'm achieving something in my life. I've worked so hard over 30 years to get to where I'm at today, never knowing, never assuming of how something was going to turn out. Because we all know when you start planning and assuming that something's going to go one way, it doesn't always happen. There could be a derailment. There could be uh, a situation to where there's unresolved relationships, situations, uh, promises that were made. And life has a way of being like, oh, yeah, don't forget this. Just remember, you've got to finish this. And a quick reminder, you're not done yet. Uh, You got six more months to complete and learn about this. How often do we experience derailment? And also, we've got to be mindful of those distractions that they don't come in and mess up what we want to do. And to go back and to digress a little bit as I'm, I'm processing this, episode with you is that on this day, during this meeting, we had the most incredible, I would say over 20 minute conversation and my day was fulfilled. I always wake up with a prayer, God, what blessings and opportunities do you have for me today? That's what I always ask. Always make sure before I do anything, even before I pick up my phone, before I brush my teeth, God, what blessings and opportunities do you have for me today? Following day, I get an email. Said my prayer that morning. 
And the first thing that I see is from my property management company or from the, my property manager emailing me and saying that the owner has decided she's going to move in a different direction, doesn't know if she's going to be selling the condo unit or not, but she's not going to be renewing the lease. And I was devastated. Beyond devastated. I was thinking, wow, ever since the pandemic, I've been working hard, hard to sustain my business. I'm an independent contractor to sustain my business, continue to put money away, continue to take care of my responsibilities, making sacrifices so I can pay my bills, pay my rent, have a roof over my head. And now here we go again. For you that uh, who are listening and don't know, uh, when the pandemic happened, I happened to be one of the people who had a landlord. I don't fault him, I understand it, but had a landlord that jumped on a bandwagon of, let's sell our home. We've got a lot of pandemic pricing and investing that's happening here. Got a great deal. He got over $100,000 for his home, more than what it was worth. The home was only worth about $128,000 or so. Got over $230,000 for this house in New Jersey, where I'm from and where I was living at the time. I was back home. My dad was dealing with a medical situation and there were things and relationships I wanted to resolve, especially with my dad and It was a time I knew I needed to be back. And I was there for a couple years. And once again, as we all know, the pandemic happened. And then boom, same thing like recently. But instead of an email, I get a text message. Now, all those years ago, selling the house. Sold the house quick. And I mean quick. I had two weeks. Two weeks to pack up. Almost a 2,000 square foot home, bedroom, two bedrooms, living room, dining room, studio, kitchen, patio set. Two weeks to pack up everything. There are no words. No matter what size home you live in, no matter how much you have, how much you don't have, two weeks to try to figure out where you're going to live, where you're going to go. And then history repeated itself again differently because I've got a little over a month to figure out where I'm going to go, where I'm going to be putting my things, where I'm going to be laying my head. And in that day, and I told my mentor, and I told a good friend of mine, two good friends of mine, I said, you know what that felt like? It felt like this feeling of, think of it like this. Take a carton of eggs, two carton of eggs, throw it up against a wall, smash it. Let it go all over the place. Don't even think about it. Just throw it. Throw as many of carton of eggs as you want to throw. And then after you're done, look at it. Look at how everything was 
what, defragmented? Just look at it. You're not going to be able to put any of it back together. It's all over the place. You're broken. Your emotions are all over the place. Your thoughts are all over the place. And you think to yourself, what do I do now? And I processed through that. I took a whole day to process through every emotion I had all the way to where I was laying on my bed after 10 o'clock at night watching TV and this feeling of anger just crept right up into my chest and I just started crying. I I wouldn't say crying out. I would just say like I had a deep, deep conversation with God. I was like, what is this? Why? 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 I didn't want to go to a place where I felt like I was having a pity party. I didn't want to be angry. I didn't want to stay there too long. I was just processing through this emotion. I thought, all right, I'm almost done with my year lease. I was looking forward to going month to month. We live in a day and age where everything is so expensive. It's, it's too expensive to move around, too expensive to do anything, to buy anything, to, to even take care of yourself. Everything's expensive. And I thought, all right, I have the, the best rate for what I pay for my rental. I live in the perfect location. I went through everything that I went through in a pandemic. There were times where I rented a room so I can save enough money so I can put that money away to pay a year or two years off of my lease for rent so I didn't have to worry about paying rent for a year or two years. I did whatever I needed to do. I used my savings and then boom, you got to move. Here comes a move and you've got nothing you can do about it, Stephen. It is out of your control. You can't. Question it. You cannot negotiate. There's no room to convince or to plea your case as to why, when you were told that when you first move in, you'd be able to have your lease for a year and then go month to month. All that changed because I got a new owner, new property management company. And everything that was agreed to originally was all washed away. And I live in a state to where it's for the uh, homeowner, not the tenant. Either way, no matter what, the move was going to happen. There was no way of stopping it. And like I said, I took the whole day. I just allowed myself the grace and space to process every emotion that came up. And most recently in my interviews I've been sharing and what's been asked is, what do I recommend? Having had worked in mental health for 15 years, now I was my own client. Now I was dealing with my situation personally, directly, and now also I was self-counseling myself. I wasn't running to a book. I wasn't running to a CD. You know, I, I went into that nice, quiet space. 
There are times in my way of meditating and focusing, which I do recommend, turn everything off. Don't have your cell phone on, turn your phone on mute, don't have the TV running music, whatever brings you peace and relaxation. You don't have to, you know, sit yoga style, bound ankle and be chanting or do any of that. You can meditate, you can focus, you can pray, you can find that inner peace, that inner truth, connecting to your gut, connecting to your truth by what brings you joy and centering and peace. Swim, use a hot tub, uh, go in a sauna, use a steam room, jog, scream into a pillow. <laughs> I didn't even think of that at the time. I could have screamed into the pillow. But just do whatever you need to do to not run from your emotions and to give yourself grace to ask for help. Even if it means when you're most uncomfortable, and I promise you, I promise you, the conversations I had with my mentor this week and a good friend of mine, I did not want to have these conversations, but I knew and I believed that they would be available. I knew and believed that everything was going to be okay, and it was important to talk to someone and to share the fact that, you know, am I scared? Am I angry? Am I feeling resentful? Whatever it is, do not be ashamed to feel what you feel. The worst thing you can do is to swallow it up and think to yourself and believe you need to push those emotions down, that you've got to shove it all beneath because you've got to get back to work or you've got to get back to the gym or you've got to cook dinner for your family. It is your responsibility to take care of yourself the best way possible so that you can be the best version of you and for anything and everyone else that is important to you and who you are inspired by and who's inspired by you. Give yourself that grace. You deserve it. Suppressing the emotions, avoiding the emotions is not going to help anything. Trust me, life will find a way to come back around to remind you that there is a mess that needs to be cleaned up. No matter how you sugarcoat it, shellac it, paint over it, dance on top of it, there is a mess that still needs to be cleaned up. There's 1,440 minutes in a day, 86,400 seconds in a day. Any of those can be yours at any time. No questions asked. It is your responsibility. It is your gift of right and passage of being human, to have your human experiences, to feel what you feel, and to give yourself the opportunity to learn and to grow and to excel and to advance in your life. There are always going to be moments that are going to feel challenging. You're going to always wonder, why me? Because you can get through it. Because you have the ability and the strength and the stamina and the capability to get through it. It is up to you whether you want to get through it alone or whether you want to get through it with someone else or even sharing it with a friend or have somebody on standby and 
send a audio text message. If someone's not available, take advantage of that audio text message. And let them know, I'm not in a good place right now. I'm not available to talk. But when you're free, can you please uh, text me or let me know or you can let them know that you're going to be available Wednesday at 9 o'clock at night or Saturday at 9 in the morning when you're having your coffee. Let them know. I believe that text messaging can be used much better when we use those audios. People still want to listen to something. And honestly, you're going to get better results when you send uh, audio voice messages through text messaging. Even on Instagram, you can send audio messages. I use that all the time. And here's the other thing. If you want to send an audio message on Instagram and you are apprehensive or second guessing of what you had said, but yet you send it, you had sent it to that person, unsend it. You can't unsend a text. (laughs) So if you're on Instagram and you have rapport with someone and you are you guys are text messaging using the messenger on Instagram, you can unsend that message, whether it's written or audio. Cannot do that uh, on your phone when you're sending a regular message to someone. But don't hesitate to send a message and give someone heads up of what's happening so that they can be prepared to know that when they have a conversation with you that they can sit there and listen. Hopefully, they're there to listen, and when ready, they'll sh- they will share their thoughts with you. Or you can send in the message, you just need someone who will sit there with you, not talk at you, not talk against you, not tell you that they, you know, they pulled out an encyclopedia and found all of these things and terminologies and definitions and all this other stuff of what's going to happen in your life if you apply this, this, and this, and this, and say this, this, and this, and do this. That That's not always helpful. Sometimes just sitting back and listening and being ear for someone is more helpful than anything else before soliciting your thoughts and viewpoints. It's a learning lesson. Even I learn this all the time is I want to know, is this where I'm to listen Is this where I'm supposed to solicit information? Is this where maybe I should ask the person who I'm talking with? Do you want me to offer some advice? I get that sometimes from the people who I share things with. I'm not here to tell you what to do, Stephen, but I can share with you my thoughts. Feels empowering encouraging that someone is asking permission if I want to hear what they have to say or not. And if you don't feel like you want to hear it now, tell them you'll listen to it later. No, no, right now I just want to get this off my chest. I need to clear my mind. Go for a walk while you're doing it. Be on a treadmill while you're doing it. Move. That's the best thing I can tell you. Move, move, move. Find some way to move. If sitting still does not work, get out and move. If you don't want to get out and move, sit still. Be in silence. See how that works for you. But always at the most crucial moment, 
before doing anything hasty, before doing anything that could cost you your reputation. Be mindful exactly what you're about to do. Pause. Pausing can be a very powerful tool. It is a powerful tool. It's a powerful opportunity to just pause before you say something, before you do something, before you act, react. Understand what you're doing and why you're, why you're doing it. Have a conversation with yourself. Pray. Do what I do. I, I do therapeutic journaling. It's why I published my first book due to my therapist and my counselor when I was younger who enjoyed my works of poems and quotes and inspirations and said to publish this. I always wanted to be an author, but I thought being an author, or what I expected or thought for myself, my goal was to be an author that would have my book turn into a television series or a film. I wasn't planning on becoming an author, uh, writing poems and quotes from different timelines of when I was a child. But I did because I trusted the advice. There was something about it. And once again, are you one of the people that tends to do things more often that you don't want to do, that you least expect to do, or at least expect doing? And then you do it, and then you're like, oh my God, I never expected that. Look, I became an international best-selling author. I did not spend one penny on marketing or advertising. I did my own PR. I put the feelers out there. I got a hold of some contacts that I know in the media. I asked, you know, their thoughts. I said to him, this book is raw. It's not edited. I did not want the editor to edit anything. If there's a typo, so be it. I did my best to share it as authentic as possible. I don't believe I have a typo. <laughs> I don't believe I have a typo in that book. I was, I was good at English. But I wrote what I wrote. And I just let it flow whether it was from the kid who was seven years old, 10 years old, 15, 17, 25. There's a second book that's coming that's going to be part of the United Angels Dream Guided Transformation Poems, Quotes, and Inspiration. I'm looking to do two or three books in this series. And now I'm sharing my story more often about it than I did before. When the book first came out in 2012, it did very well. Once again, I became an international best-selling author in three different categories. And then I let it run its course. I did my radio interviews. I, you know, I, I did interviews for magazines. A lot of it was surfaced. Especially when you are on TV, you only got about four minutes to get the information in there, maybe six, depending on how much the producer likes you and <laughs> you know how much time they're going to work with and getting the, letting you get the information out and to tell the viewers. Once again, I wanted to be a, a novelist. I wanted to write a novel. I wanted to write something that was going to become a television show, television series. 
and or a film. But that's not what God wanted. He knew something different. And thank God I did that book. Thank God I published it. I'm grateful I I made it simple and easy for myself, which it didn't feel easy because I felt vulnerable because I knew what was happening in my life when I wrote those poems and quotes. No one else did. I knew what was happening, where I was, how I felt emotionally, mentally, physically. Times when I felt happy, times when I was optimistic, times when I was upset, but didn't come across, didn't convey it. Some of you may know I come from the generation. You may have as well. You don't air out your dirty laundry. You don't tell people your problems. You're led to believe that no one wants to hear your problems. No one has time for your problems because they have problems. I came from a generation where you swept problems underneath the carpet. Before you walked out of the house, you made sure you were proper, you were dressed for success, and whether it's the school or when you go to church or when you go to the neighbors for dinner or you're visiting, you don't tell people you've got a problem. Because it's believed it is shameful to do so. It, you're, you know, it, it's led to believe that you're creating an inconvenience. If you dare to share a problem or ask for a favor, if you need money to get some groceries that week, need a little bit of gas money, if the electric bill or gas bill was extremely high, more, you know, higher than normal during that winter, and you're half a month or a month or two months behind, there is always, I, I believe there still is shame that people are led to believe it is shameful to ask for help and to share your problems because the world is so bad is what people are reasoning to. The world's getting worse. No one wants to hear it. Someone wants to hear something. There's 8 billion people in the world. Someone is available. I have found that strangers are more available than family. Don't get me wrong. My family did their best. I love my family. They did their best for what they know. And I'm not going to take that away from them. I will say that I am grateful in my journey here in life, strangers have been more of a blessing than having a family. And that's okay. It's okay. I would say that if you have unresolved issues with a family member or if you have a uh, issue with a sibling, a neighbor, even with yourself, Get that resolve, get that absolution, get that clarity. You need it and you deserve it. Get it. Once again, there's not going to be anything in life 
that's going to let you get away, especially when you have a good heart and you've got, you're a good soul. There is nothing in this life that's going to let you get away that's going to allow you to live a disempowering life. It's not going to happen. Once again, pray about it. Write your feelings and emotions down. Therapeutic journaling. Look it up. Google it. Don't be scared of having a counselor or a therapist. There's nothing shameful to have one. I had several of them when I was younger. I had one in school and two out of school. One that was through social services. DIFUS, Division of Youth and Family Services, that were handling it along with my social workers. And then I had a support system when I was in school, especially due to the bullying. That's another story. All the way until my senior year in high school, I almost wasn't going to go to college. I thought to myself, who gets harassed and tortured and tormented emotionally, mentally, physically, terrorized, terrorized, and that word is accurate, terrorized their entire childhood. Why would anyone want to go to college where these kids are supposed to be now adults, but you'll always see them. As the 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old that tormented and terrorized you. And now you're going to go to college. You're going to go to university and they're going to maybe be there or people or someone like them is going to be there. How do you trust that? How do you trust that? To go to a new environment, convincing yourself and believing that you can't escape torture, torment, despair, failure, fear, believing that you're useless, believing that you're not enough, or someone else having you believe you're not enough. It's, it's, it's lonely. It can feel lonely. It can feel frustrating. Once again, it's okay because you're still here. You're still living, breathing, eating, sleeping, thriving, working, paying your bills, doing your best, taking care of your kids, putting one foot in front of the other. You're at least able to get clothes on for the day, even if you're still in your pajamas. You're still able to put your pants and shirt on, your underwear, your socks, hopefully your shoes. You're still able to get dressed. You're still able to make that tea or coffee for yourself. And that's okay. It is okay to feel what you feel. What may not be okay 
is if you stay in that place, in that space of thinking and feeling and believing you're a victim and you will always be a victim. Because somewhere along the lines, there's accountability. And I'm telling you from experience and from people who are in my life and who have been in my life who have taught me, you will always in one way, shape, or form have to take accountability for your actions and your thoughts and what you do and what you don't do. And that's just the rule of law. It's just what it means to be human. Once again, what it means to be human. There will always be a sense and a need for accountability. Because there's only two choices. Either someone else controls you in your life or you control it. To the best of your ability. You have that God-given right of free will. You have the gift of choice. Even when it seems as though everything was stripped from you, you still have the God-given right and gift of choice. Of how you're going to wake up, what you hope to accomplish throughout the day, and how you plan to end your day, how you wake up, how you go to bed. Find that way. It's going to work out. Even in this situation, it's going to work out. I was talking to a friend today. He owns real estate. Him and his brother have a prop, uh, work with a property management company, but they own properties. And the woman is moving out on the 10th next month. And he said to me, he goes, you can move your stuff in. I'm not even going to charge you for the month. And we can start on the first, you know, the month after. Give yourself time to transition. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, it's a little bit more than what I'm paying now. What I'm paying now is the sweet spot. It works. I will be downsizing, but paying a little bit more. But environment plays a key role, and I've got to look at what can I focus on now. And the number one thing that I want to emphasize is I am not going to worry about this. I said that to my best friend today. I'm not going to worry about this because right now I still have a home. I'm going to still be here for another month and almost two weeks. I still have time to create to produce, to live abundantly to the best of my ability, and more importantly, a miracle can still happen at any time. Miracle happened today when I was talking to my friend. I can have a rental, still be in the same area, and have something and be able to comfortably move in, have three weeks, months free and have some sort of sanity while processing and maneuvering through this transition. There's always a way. And sometimes getting out of your way creates a better way.
when you're not trying to control the situation and trying to control the outcome. There's always going to be a way. Believe this, know this, trust this. There's always going to be a way. And letting go. That scenario, let go, let God, it's true. Let go. Because when you try to hold on to it too strong, too tight, (laughs) it will slip away. But why rob yourself the opportunity of something greater and better? And honestly, even though I'll be paying a little bit more money, slightly downsizing, I have no idea what it's going to do for me and my mental health, but I believe it's going to be great.